There's just something about the movie theater experience that stirs something deep inside our souls. From that fragrant popcorn, sometimes sticky floors, giant projection screen, and the communal experience, it's been hard to stay away. With the Venom sequel reaching the largest box office since the start of the pandemic, and our recent trip to celebrate an animated classics anniversary, we're inspired to revisit some classics that deserve a re-release on the big screen. With a gimmick or two thrown in. Dim the lights and fire up the projector. This is Wayback Attack. Welcome to Wayback Attack. My name is Brian Grantham, and sitting across the movie theater of love is <laughs> Preston Burt. Preston, are you ready to fathom what is beyond the movie theater? I am. I'm ready to get ingrained with the people, with the screen, with the movie magic, and with my friend Brian Grantham. Thanks for having me again, and thanks for sitting across the table of love. As always. It was the movie theater. Oh, sorry. The movie. Well, I know it's just, it's filled with love, whatever we do. Hey, some movie theaters have tables in them. So, oh, that's right. Yeah. The one I've been to has uh, like a little uh, desk that swings out so you can eat. Mm. Movie tavern. There was, there was an independent film theater in, in Key West that they had, you could buy beer and food there, but it was just like small movie theaters. Mm -hmm. It was actually. I don't. I think I've talked about the laser tag place that my friends worked uh-huh. at, and it was actually that place. That after it was the laser tag place, it turned into a movie theater. So oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I like the option of having food. Uh, you know, like the movie tavern places and stuff, like mm-hmm. a full meal, but it's never that great. So mm-hmm. I, I just enjoy the snacks and the and the company and 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 the show, but. Um, yeah, so we're bringing this topic up today because Brian and I had a fun time to go explore recently. Um, we watched the 35th anniversary of Transformers, and we'll get into that. But before we do, mm-hmm. uh, I just want to check in. How, how are things going, man? You, you doing good? I'm doing well. I, I, um, uh, I, so I recently had a pipe burst. I uh, know it's the story of my one? life. Yeah. Hey, hey, kids. If you buy a house that has polybutylene pipes, you should before you buy it, you should have a uh, uh, in the contract of you buying it that they have to replace all the pipes. So, um, so yeah. So this time I was like, you know what? I have replaced so many pipes at this point. I'm pretty good at it. Like I don't like it's just like I need this, this, and this. I don't do it the right way necessarily. I'm using PEX pipes and I'm using sharp bite clips or not clips but connectors. And um, but I was like, I'm gonna replace that this entire pipe because it's the same one every time it's the same one Mm -hmm. and it just keeps going down the line basically and so i was like i'm gonna replace the whole thing i have a long piece of of pecs and so i i took it down here and but it ran to the wall of the studio and i was like well i'd rather not go through the studio cut yeah like i was like like if if the pipe was longer than that i would have done it just to get it through here but um i was like so I just did it far beyond where it's been breaking. So we'll have to see. But because of that, I cleaned my basement. So. <laughs> I, I noticed. Uh, and the collectibles are still safe on the wall mm-hmm. and the video games are still safe. So mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. Doing, so. doing the Lord's work. Well, speaking of uh, getting house prepped, mm-hmm. I just came back from setting up for Halloween. Uh, do you guys decorate for Halloween? Um, yes. Actually, our front yard is decorated. Or not front yard, but our front porch. And 
Uh, it's just not turned on. Okay. So, you got to turn it on for me next time, man. I want to see, see it in full full bloom. There's like a black light out there and what? a ghost and all kinds of stuff. That's cool, man. It's annoying for me to go out there and turn it off. That's why I don't turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we pulled them all out, man. I've got the full-size skeleton. Not the 12-foot Home Depot. Oh, one. man, you got to get that. that big boy. But uh, I, I got... We call him Nobody. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Nobody and and his little coffin with the red eyes. We've got, you know, cobwebs galore and this little inflatable five dollar thing from um, uh, Frankenstein from Dollar General. Man, I love Halloween. I love Halloween. Mm-hmm. But it reminded me, you know, October Halloween. We actually started the show. Yes. In October mm-hmm. two years ago. I know. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. So this is actually going to be our. I think this is our 49th episode. Yep. So next one, we'll have to do a, a special 50th episode spectacular two-year anniversary combo bonus show. Yeah, it'll be awesome. We'll we'll have to come up with some special things for it. We're not going to just do a clip show. <laughs> no, so. no, we're gonna we're gonna make it great, just like this episode, which is gonna be awesome. Yes. So, like I said at the top of the show, um, you know, the movie theaters they're slowly getting back. Mm-hmm. They're slow, you know. You and I have been a few times since movie theaters reopened. Right. It's definitely, definitely down as far as audience, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the crowd size and stuff. But it's picking back up. Supposedly, uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, the sequel to the original Venom movie, had the highest box office uh, since the pandemic at $100 million, which is nothing to sneeze at. Right. I mean, granted, they'd probably want more than that if we were back in the before times. Mm-hmm. But... You know, I think Shang Chi is at two hundred million now total mm-hmm. domestic. I could be wrong, but you Th- know that, that movie's going to clean up international though. I think so. So it's it's doing well, and um, so new movies are coming out, which is great. We'll talk about one of those in a minute. But Brian and I actually got to go see Transformers, uh, the movie mm-hmm. for its thirty fifth anniversary. So tell me a little bit about what you thought of our experience there. Yeah. Um. So I. You know, you and I have gone to see old movies before. Yeah. We went and saw the first Nightmare on Elm Street at the theater. Uh, and that was amazing because it was only $5 <laughs> and it was awesome. Whereas this was like 14 which is and, – and, uh, 16 Oh, 16 Yeah. And you're, if you have Regal Unlimited, that did not count towards no, this. So, no. um, But, yeah, uh, you know, I was excited to see it on the big screen because I don't think I saw it on the big screen when I was a kid. I wasn't I, – I wasn't too much into Transformers that I recall. Um, but – uh, I was really disappointed with the sound quality because the theater we went to usually has amazing sound. Yeah, and you know I didn't want to drive to the big giant Regal. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the option of seeing it in in IMAX, not, though there's no IMAX real effects or anything. But mm-hmm. you know, still just a giant theater, great sound, huge screen. But I didn't want to drive 30 minutes. Right. You know, I wanted to go to the one our town support our theater. Um, but the sound sucked. It was just from the front and I know that they've got to have stereo quality sound yeah I was going to look it up and see if like the Blu-ray has I'm sure the Blu-ray has surround sound 7.1 I figured one of the other nerds that was there would probably go on and complain to the theater so Mm -hmm. I didn't I'm usually one of those guys who'd be like look I know how this works look fix the thing put the scope right you know do you do you normally do that sometimes I do I don't do it like a jerk but you know I'm like oh hey guys you're you're your screen is still sized for a scope. Uh-huh. You, you know, it needs to be for a flat. I when I went and saw Shang Chi, I saw it in Dahlonega, uh-huh. and or da- I'm sorry, Dawsonville, and the um, it was not in focus, 
and it was killing me. Oh gosh, because yeah, it was, focus is the worst. It was before it started. Like I, I realized it, and I told Paige. I said, I said, oh my god, it's not in focus. And she's like, what? Are you, how can you tell? And I was like, anytime you see words, that's the easiest way to yep, tell. That's it. Anytime you see words, and there's there's a lot of captions in that movie. But I was like, you can tell because it's like it has like a 3D effect, right? Like it's like a red and blue type of thing. You can tell it's not focused. And somebody next to us got up, and I was like, oh, he's gonna go tell him. He's mm-hmm. gonna. It was okay. But no one ever said uh, anything. What a nightmare. And I was like, I don't want to get up because the movie started by this point. But I've only ever done that once. And I lived in this town in Georgia called Fitzgerald. And I don't even remember what I went and saw, but like I got up twice. Like I got up, I was like, "Hey guys, the movie's not in focus," and they're like, oh, "Okay." And so they went and they messed with it. You could tell they were messing with it, and then it still wasn't in focus. And I wanted to be like, "Let's just let me go do it." Like I've never worked at a movie theater, <laughs> but I could probably figure it out. So yeah, yeah. I always use the um, the trailer of the MPAA general mm-hmm. audiences because yep. it has you know it's a solid color background, mm-hmm. white text. It was easy to get you know to know if you're in focus or not. That was a big that's a like a big frustration of mine if they don't have that right but also if like part of the movie is off the screen yes like, uh-huh. most of it's there you know someone's like oh it looks good but me i'm like bro there's two feet off the screen mm-hmm. can you just center that up a little bit that's really frustrating but. i i will say the nice thing about um the, us going to the movie theater was it was very limited like the number of people that were there mm-hmm. it was maybe like four groups of people right maybe yeah. five um, and like, I, I knew two other groups of people, so that was great. <laughs> yeah. Like, catching at, up with old friends. Yeah. After the movie theater, like I jumped down. The great thing about masks is people don't recognize you immediately. And so like, I, like after the movie, I jumped down a road to, to next to the people in front of us. And like the lady was like, Oh my God. And then I, I pulled my mask down so she could see who I was. And she was like, Oh my God. And started talking to me. But, and then, you know, we saw some, some of our other friends uh, from wizards games, Dustin and, and them. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I too, no, I, I did see that movie in the theater originally, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen it since then. And that's one of the reasons I went to it. You know, it's been 35 years. Um, I was a kid when I saw this movie and I haven't seen it in years. I mean, I know that they've re-released it and Mm -hmm. stuff on Blu-ray or whatever, but I mean, I haven't watched it from start to finish in years. Hmm. And I was like, Oh man, when am I going to go do this again? I mean, I found out after the fact that, uh, that those guys, they, uh, they went to see it at the 30th anniversary. Uh So apparently they do this every five years, (laughs) but, but I didn't know that. And I didn't go to that. And I don't know that I'll go to the 40th either, but you know, it's like what a great opportunity and then i read that they had exclusive content mm-hmm. um and this exclusive content was not what i thought it would be it was like three separate uh like robot chicken style mm-hmm. animated shorts um with one of them the conceit was that jazz was upset that he'd gotten killed in the movie mm-hmm. but then, then it was pointed out at the end by our friends from wizards that he didn't actually die in the movie. Yeah. So they had gotten that they'd even gotten that point wrong. So it was a little lackluster as far as the exclusive content and, and, and stuff goes, but it was still really cool to to see that movie, all things considered. And even though I knew it was coming, when he grabbed the Matrix and the You Got the Touch came on, mm-hmm. I, I like goosebumps. It was, it was great. <laughs> it is funny. I, I wonder if because those shorts were made by Hasbro. I wonder if Jazz was supposed to die because the only time you really see him is like at the very end. There's like a scene of a bunch of Transformers together, and mm-hmm. he's in that group. I wonder if that was like a mess up. Like he wasn't supposed to be in that or whatever, but no one ever caught it. Yeah, so, yeah. But 
Who knows? Well, uh, with the Transformers as our inspiration and with the exclusive content um, as our inspiration, we thought this episode of the show, we would go and look at some movies that we really, really want to see in the theater. Um, a lot of ones that are old movies that we would love to revisit in the theater. Um, and But before we get into the, our picks, I did want to point out that there are actually some really good ones that are for sure coming mm-hmm. They need to check out. Um, the, the soonest, Sunday, October 10th, and Monday, October 11th, through Fathom Events, they have the Scream 25th anniversary, which I, I saw that one in the theater. Did you see that in the theater? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. That was a great communal theater experience. Everybody screaming. Uh, everybody jumping at the jump scares. Uh, I wish I could relive that. I wish I could just like sit on the wall and just <laughs> relive that from afar. Uh, and then also, inexplicably... <laughs> Uh, one that we've done a whole show about it's coming back to the theater um, Thursday, October 14th for its 35th anniversary and that is the movie Brad. Are you ready to break the ice? I don't know that I'm going to go watch that one in the theater, but I know a lot of our viewers might go want to see that one. Um, and then Brian, what comes out also that same day? That same day is Halloween Kills, baby. Yes. Uh, you know, I saw the first Halloween movie uh, this year, I think it may have been last October, but I'm pretty sure it was this year. Um, and I loved it. I thought it was great. And so I am super excited, uh, to, to see Halloween kills because, um, I haven't seen the other ones, but I know it's kind of, it's not a reboot, but it like, you don't have to see, you have, as long as you understand the basic premise, it's, uh, so you haven't seen Halloween, the other Halloween movies yet? <laughs> no, I, I have them all. I just haven't seen them. Did you them. see the, the the most recent one that I was in? No. No, I haven't. <laughs> Brian, you're killing me. You're killing me, Michael Myers, right here. Uh, no. So I have got to show you the new one because the new one was so good, bro. It was so good. And this one is the, you know, the sequel to that one. So basically, Halloween 1 happened and then... I forget if they included two, but then they basically, the idea is that none of the other ones have no H2O. No, no. <laughs> and then they jump in with the Blumhouse one for uh, the newest Halloween. And then this one picks up where that one left off. So basically as if there were four in the, um, mm. the series, I believe I'm probably wrong. Somebody Rob Zombie doesn't me. make these, right? Huh? Is Rob Zombie making these new ones? No, 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 no. Okay. No, Rob Zombie's not making these new ones, but they're so good. And, you know, I think that if we're going to revisit some movies and you want that communal experience, I think horror is one of those good ones to go see because yeah. people are kind of invested together. There's reactions, mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. screams, there's jumps. Uh, it's really cool. So one of the inspirations for this show not only was the fan of the events, but was because Halloween's coming out. And I'd stumbled across uh, a video that pairs audio from Halloween's original run, actually a year later, uh, because it was it was that good, it was still on the screen mm-hmm. a year after its release, and um, there is audience reaction audio paired to the 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 video from a guy named Kyle Wood who recorded it in 1979. Let's look at just a little bit of that.
Loomis is coming up. So it, it may be not be the, the dramatic effect um, that the Avengers Endgame had, but still, like you could you could listen and picture yourself in a theater just like that. I bet uh, you know I bet seeing stuff like that makes like makes movie makers like Carpenter and stuff like excited to to see people's reactions to it. You yeah. know, like of course they make movies that that well presumably they make movies that they want to see and that they think are going to be exciting but then to also get to see people be excited about it you know that's right be cool. right well with with that audience reaction in mind and with the exclusive content provided by fathom events we thought mm-hmm. we'd revisit some movies that are des- are deserving of the big screen re-release and uh i thought we'd add a little bit of some gimmicks in there so with a little bit of a history of gimmicks. Uh-huh. Um, have you ever gone to see a movie with a gimmick? Like with like an audience participation gimmick? Um, the only place so yes to two. I guess an so the only audience participation was um when I was in a band, we did a Halloween show someplace and they did a Rocky Horror showing cool. while, while we were there. Um but then the only, the next closest thing would be just like the 40 inter, like entertainment at like Disney World, like Captain mm-hmm. EO or like um, there's like a, uh, not Ants, uh, but yeah, Ants. No, Bugs Life. There's like a Bugs Life thing at Animal Kingdom that sucked because the hornets sting you and uh-huh. it like stings you right in your spine and it hurts so bad. But Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, I've been to several 4D theaters. There was one here at the Stone Mountain Park in Georgia and like it was a, a swamp ride and, you know, you could hear the crickets and uh, frogs and stuff. And then something sprays you mm-hmm. and you get misted on. Yep. And then there's the smell too. Like I love the the smell aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Disney, when you go to see Soren, you f- soar over the, the orange fields and you can smell the oranges. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. But um, I've, I've been to a couple that actually have immersive experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which uh, the immersive experience was, was really big back in the old days of the theater. And one guy that was really huge into the added experience was William Castle. And he had a couple of famous movie theater gimmicks. Um, in 1959, there was a movie called The Tingler that shocked moviegoers with Percepto, which was a tingling effect that was in the seats mm-hmm. um, that would that were, oddly enough, left over from airplane parts uh, de-icing motors for airplane wings in World War II. Huh. How, how many people do you think got more than a tingling feeling? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, and I don't know the history of it, if they always had the disclaimer mm-hmm. or if there was enough negative audience reaction of like having heart attacks, people getting so scared when their seat buzzed that um, that William Castle actually had to record a uh, an intro. <laughs> I think we actually have a little bit of that available. So play some of that. All right. I am William Castle, the director of the motion picture you're about to see. I feel obligated to warn you that some of the sensations, some of the physical reactions which the actors on the screen will feel 
will also be experienced for the first time in motion picture history by certain members of this audience. I say certain members because well, some pingling sensation. Others will you may obtain immediate right next to you. Oh. Will probably be screaming too. And remember this. A scream at the right time may save your life. About to get loud. <laughs> Uh, so if you've seen the movie Matinee, oh. it's kind of like that, where yeah. they have the gimmicks in the seat. They had the Ant-Man running through. Um, He's, all, uh, I'm sorry, that, that character is based off of him. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you've seen that movie, or if you haven't seen Matinee, you should check it out with John Goodman. It's a fantastic movie. Um, uh, very period specific. But William Castle was the guy that inspired the John Goodman character who did all those little gimmicks and effects. He did another one that I actually got to see in person uh, at the Silver Scream Spook Show. I think I've talked about that on the show before. Mm -hmm. um, it's a horror host styled um, uh, live comedy show before uh, a screening of a classic horror show. Mm -hmm. And uh, they screened House on Haunted Hill, which was a, a William Castle movie, also from 1959. And they were very keen to advertise that they were going to be authentic to the movie mm. and showcase the Emergo effect. <laughs> and there was a part in the house on Haunted Hill where something happened and then something spooky happened in the theater. Take a look at this. Skeleton. Here comes the skeleton to fly over the audience. So yeah, if you can't, if you're just listening, you didn't see it. It is uh, less spectacular than it might sound, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but that's part of the part of the awesomeness of it. Apparently, it did give some people some chills, but uh, when I saw it, it was pure camp, and I loved every minute of it. Mm -hmm. They had this little like puppet skeleton they brought up, and then they had one person on each aisle holding the thing, and they, they flew it over the top of the audience, mm -hmm. so the skeleton was coming at you in person. It's pretty cool, pretty cheesy, and I loved it. It is, uh, it is interesting to think about that time period, because, you know, um, let's say that would, this was what, the, so 60s, basically, right? You have to think... It wasn't really until The Exorcist when you had, like, people... I think after The Exorcist, you stopped hearing about people having issues at the movie theaters with, like, throwing up in the aisles or, mm -hmm. like, heart attacks and stuff. Uh, because, I guess, after that, everyone got, um, des like... Desensitized yeah, desensitized to, to that whole experience. Then people were going into the theaters expecting to be shocked. Whereas it's funny to see, like, the evolution of that happening. Like, people trying to the next big thing, uh -huh. you know. When I worked at United Artists, uh, not at my theater, but I remember going to like a, a, a regional meeting with mm -hmm. other managers and they were touting the fact that for uh, Mission Impossible 2, one of the Jackson, Mississippi theaters, they hired a lookalike huh. uh, to basically just like stand 
outside the theater wearing the sunglasses and leather jacket and like pretending to be like talking on the phone really importantly mm. um like tom cruise was there uh you know he didn't really interact with the people but just like him being there was like causing a, uh-huh. a hubbub and stuff so that was pretty fun but like i said uh we're gonna go into some some movies but um i wanted you to uh to go through and say like what's a great movie that needs to be revisited on the big screen and then also what's a maybe a gimmick we can add to keep people excited coming back for more yeah so you know talk so talking about that it, it got me thinking more about like just what's a movie right so I'm going to ask you, what is a movie for us? No. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you what these movies have in common. Okay. Okay. So Labyrinth, Troll 2, The Room, Polyester, and Repo, The Genetic Opera. Okay. Well, the first couple, Labyrinth, Troll 2, they all have like um, puppets, like Jim okay. Hemmets and stuff. Uh-huh. Do the others have any sort of puppetry? No. Okay. Then is it... Is it something musical? It can't. It can be. Because Labyrinth is musical. Uh-huh. Repo, the Genetic Opera is yeah. obviously musical they're, too. They're not all musical, but they all do have audience participation. Ah. And so um, I was thinking, you know, Rocky Horror Picture Show, That's mm-hmm. when you t- when people that know what that is, that's typically one of the first things they think about when, when they think of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm-hmm. And so um, I got to thinking like, Man, it'd be cool like if more audience participation stuff. I I think Fathom is really missing the opportunity to be able to make the the mainstream corporate movie theater mm-hmm. more like an independent film house, film theater, yes. right? And so, you know, they do that to a point like their whole thing is uh, the way they the way they started was by doing live events at movie theaters, right? So maybe you get theater at your, like at the theater at the, at the movie theater and, and, you know, instead of just movies, but if they started doing stuff like this, like I get it, it would be annoying because working at the movie theater, I bet like cleaning up the theater sucks to begin with, but then like after an, a, like a party audience participation event, it's gotta be even worse because people are throwing food yeah. and just stuff like that. But I think that that's what it should be. It, they, we should have a month of audience participation mm-hmm. and, of films. And like every week there's two films that are audience participation films. You just re- relegate it to one theater and yeah. the movie theater. And that way you can just hose it down after every showing. I mean, I'll, we've talked about it before, but you know, I got to see, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show participate in all that stuff mm-hmm. and I had never seen the movie before I went people were just like you've got to come to this it's mm-hmm. so much fun bring this bring this bring this and we'll walk you through it and it was like nothing I'd ever experienced before it's seared in my brain it was so much fun um, we did it at the movie theater that I was at um, managing in college and that was a blast yeah so I don't know why there's not more like that I know one of the you know popular things at conventions is sing-alongs. Yeah, and they basically I was I'll check this out, and all it is is it really is they play the movie clip and people just sing along with the different parts of the movie of like Disney songs or uh, Hamilton or any you know, stuff right. like that. Yeah, if we could have some more audience participation, I think that would go a long way for getting butts in the seats because mm-hmm. honestly, like Rad and Scream, as much as I love that communal experience for Scream, if there's not something unique and special it's hard for me to justify the the 
costly ticket price to see a movie I've already seen that I already own. Right. You know, so it's got to be it's got to be bringing the heat. Yeah, and it's not like um you know, so one of the things I thought was interesting about Transformers because uh, you know, you said you haven't really seen that movie recently. I have watched it a bunch. It's on my Plex server. And so like a lot of times if I'm playing a game on PC, I'll turn the TV on and turn on Transformers or GI Joe the movie, like stuff like that. But it was interesting to be in the theater and hear what people, what parts people laugh at, mm-hmm. because there was parts that I did not think were supposed, a supposed to be jokes or were funny, but like people laughed at them, and I was like, wow, that's that's weird. And it wasn't just like one group, you know. Sometimes one person starts laughing, and other people will mm-hmm. join them. And so, but you know, the audience size is so small. It's like you said, like that's part of that communal feeling. But I mean, it's not worth sixteen bucks to <laughs> sit there with, you know, five groups of people to watch a movie. It's got to be bigger than that if you're going to get that communal experience. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's time we've we've uh, teased it enough, Brian. Let's go through and give our picks for movies that deserve the big screen treatment with a little gimmick effect. <laughs> I see in your eyes where tomorrow is hiding in my heart. There's a bell. All right, Preston. <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> what do you think that movie is based off the 30 seconds that you just saw? Uh, well, okay. <laughs> I am really shocked here because I saw that the movie House was uh-huh. on your list. Yeah. And there's another movie called House. Mm-hmm. That came out in the States? Yeah, that came out in the States. Uh-huh. That's about like, I don't know, what, a haunted house or something? I assume so because you see the picture where it's like the finger, yeah. the bone is the key. Uh, it. I was not expecting a Japanese horror movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. This movie is one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> I've never heard of it. I was introduced to it maybe 10 years ago at the Hyde Museum of Art in Atlanta. Um, my friend Matt was in town, and he, he he came in town to see me and to visit. But really it was because they were showing this movie at the, at, at the Hyde. And so we went down and saw it, and oh, my God, dude, it just blew me away. It, so 1977, if you think of, like, just, like – avant-garde like like comedy horror right so think of something like evil dead 2 right so it's it's similar it's that same style of movie um this this girl her dad is dating this like this new young girl and so she gets upset about it and he wants to take her on vacation and so instead of doing that to make a mad she gets her friends to get with her to go visit her aunt's house in the country and you heard like the the 60s like uh, groovy music yeah. like happens like there's parts of that like the scenes where you like saw like the fade in of their faces like that is part of the movie like when it's like introducing the characters Whoa. it's so wild but like the house ultimately is like eating all of her and her friends <laughs> and it's it's just crazy it is so good Criterion put it out uh, a re-release of it um, wow years ago I, I have I have that if you want to borrow it it's, it's also on the flex server but um but yeah it, it is an amazing film and you know to go along with what I was talking about with uh, the audience participation and, and fathom missing the opportunity to make those movie theaters more like independent theaters 
you could have stuff like this play in those theaters and really like let people see the weird movies that have come out over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there are some theaters that do re-air those art house flicks, mm-hmm. but a lot of them need a wider exposure. And a lot of the ones that would do make it like to the Fathom of Events, they're the huge movies. Right. They're they're the the all time classics. They're the Nightmare on Elm Street. They're the Transformers. They're the, you know, uh, Supermans. Or, you know, all all of those. Um, the ones that I picked are are ones that are like cult classics, but would probably never get mm-hmm. the the re release treatment. Like right. they're not that worthy of it. Mm-hmm. So unless you're doing like an Alamo Draft House cast reuniting you know 30th anniversary mm-hmm. you're not gonna be able to see these and that's definitely one that i would not <laughs> see uh any other time but now that i have your uh, uh your whatever you call it <laughs> approval on this one <laughs> and, and i've seen how wackadoo it looks oh yeah uh if they brought that out i would definitely go check it out yeah i'll i'll grab I'll grab the movie tonight when you leave and you can, you can take it home and show it to the girls. They, uh, I don't think that there's anything scandalous in it. I don't know, so. man. The rating system was all jacked up like <laughs> back in the, in the seventies. So a PG movie might be pretty risque. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Plus it's foreign. Whoa. It's probably not rated. I know that Whoa. those, those, when I was a kid, those were like, that's the good stuff. favorite ones. Like, Oh man, <laughs> Showtime's got this French movie coming on. Uh, <laughs> that's crazy. I'll man. I was not expecting to learn something new or see something new. I thought I knew a lot of movies, but I didn't know that one. That's cool. Yeah. The um, if if you get a chance to see to see that movie to catch it, it is it is amazing. And I don't know I don't know how much you know weight that people put behind Criterion stuff. Like I know some people are like super Criterion collectors, but if at any point you're like you know they only really put out like the the movies that matter right in the long run and the fact that they put out a, a great version of that film i think i think makes a big statement so um, cool. i don't know if there's a big version uh or a big a big Would, awesome collection of of this next film uh go back real quick shoot house yes what would be the gimmick Just oh the- what just singing the songs no so i think i think because it's like a horror like it's like a horror movie and the house is eating people you could do it similar to like the house on haunted hill or whatever like you would have certain things where like there's a part where there's like a head like bouncing around like it's like one of the girl's heads and she's like laughing at them while her head is bouncing all over the house and you could have like you a have head. like some beach ball yeah, action uh-huh. going on yeah and then and like knocking it around the the theater and stuff like that so I think I think it'd be a lot of fun. I feel some young I feel like some young teenage punks would just <laughs> steal that head and run out of the theater with it but I got it, it sure like you it would have to be a cheap head because every <laughs> night you would have to replace it there you but, go so all right I got I got a good one I didn't tell you to stick with like a horror theme. Right. But it's funny that you and I both have that inclination. <laughs> Perfection. A scorched outpost in the middle of nowhere. You know how close I am to leaving this place right now? How close? Maybe that's why Val and Earl <laughs> decided to leave town. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, hold up. That's Edgar Deans. They just picked the wrong day to do it. Jeez. You guys better get the hell out of here. There's a killer on the loose. Who could be doing it? Is that a snake? I'll give you boys five dollars for this. Twenty. Ah! 
I, I didn't. I made Brian cut it before the big reveal. <laughs> if you haven't seen Tremors from 1990, you have got to check it out. I've probably talked about it on the show before. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And like I said earlier, I think it's one that it does certainly have a cult following. Mm-hmm. But has it been re-released on the big screen? Is it worthy of the Fathom event? I don't know, but I want to see it again on the big screen. I saw that one in the theater. It was in a mall fourplex in Illinois. And it was, you know, it was one where I don't think it was really advertised that much. Like, I didn't know what was going on. We were just like, let's go see a movie. Oh, out of what's available, let's go see that one. And it was it was great. PG-13. A lot of fun comedy, horror, but not too scary. Mm-hmm. Creature effects. It's really cool. Um, if you're not familiar with the movie, it's about like uh, this town in, in like the desert valley in Nevada, in a town called Perfection. And people start disappearing. People start dying. They're figuring out what it is. Spoiler alert. It's giant worms in the ground. Okay. Uh, so that's what that one is about. But it's so funny, you know what holds the test of time and my argument for it being worthy of a, a re-release isn't just the cult status of it but it's like it debuted at number five mm-hmm. on the box office then it slid to six stayed in the top 10 for a little while but it never reached past top five uh it debuted after the the rankings were born on the fourth of july tango and cash the war of the roses and internal affairs now, all of those movies, for the most part, I don't know about the in- internal affairs. I don't remember that one. <laughs> I don't remember that either. But 4th of July, I know that's, uh, oh, gosh, Oliver Stone movie, mm-hmm. you know, one Academy Award or whatever. It's a great movie. Hang on cash. You know, it's memorable. He teaches you to gotta wear, you got to <laughs> buckle your seatbelt. The War of the Roses. I remember that one. Uh, Kathleen Turner's in that one, right? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. <laughs> I think that Tremors actually has more cultural zeitgeist staying power than any of those. Well, I think you're definitely right because there are seven Tremors movies. <laughs> That's right. So it's definitely stuck around. Dude, there's seven. There's, yeah, there's the original Tremors. There's five sequels, one prequel. There's, uh, uh and there's, there was a TV show, mm-hmm. TV series. So, yeah. All right, so and Kevin Bacon. Well, of course. That's th- I think I think Kevin Bacon's choices for his early films um, are what makes the five degrees of Kevin Bacon possible. Six degrees or six degrees, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think so too. I mean, because you got Michael Gross in this one, you got Fred Ward, you got Reba McIntyre, you got all these great folks. Um, it's it's worth checking out. It's a funny movie, so there's, you know, there's communal laughter. It's scary, so there's jump scares. and um, But if we're going to have to go with the gimmick effect, uh, I'm going to go with an old-school scare. Do you remember those? Uh, they're like gag gifts mm-hmm. where it's like a can of peanuts, and you unscrew yes, it, uh-huh. and you open up. Oh, my gosh, there's a snake that pops out. Uh-huh. Now, what if there was a way to have like a version of that on every seat back <laughs> where, <laughs> where at one point in the movie – somebody pushes a button and the lid pops down and the giant you know a snake comes golly timed right at the right moment that would give people heart attacks it, and it'd be awesome it would be even better if it was one of the um d-box uh 
um, movie theaters. Do you know what those are? Uh-uh. So they're like, it's it's like basically, if I remember correctly, in D-Box, it makes it kind of like a 4D experience. If I remember correctly, it's like two seats per box. But the they move around. Oh. It's, like, it's like you're riding the movie, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, that movie would be great because of the tremors. Like, oh, as yeah. the snakes are going or the worms are going through the desert, like, you would feel it. And, like, you would be moving around with See, it I didn't and even, stuff. I didn't even th- – the dang movie's called Tremors, and I didn't even <laughs> think of the most basic uh, pairing effect with that of just shaking the seats a little bit. But I guess I didn't want to be, like, the tingler, you know. Mm-hmm. But, no, I see what you're saying. And, like, those times where it's going across the ground or someone's getting drug – dragged you know that would be that would be a great effect mm-hmm. but yeah if you want to scare someone pop out those snakes man yeah the um i i don't remember what what ride it's on but in some of those things it always like i always wear um like like sandals i wear birkenstocks and they're open toe they're not the clogged ones and so sometimes though in those 40 things they have this thing that whips across your feet oh right and it always sucks for me because i my feet are exposed and so it's like whipping like my bare like, flesh Ow. yeah i'm like oh that hurts but i'm sure if i was wearing <laughs> sneakers this would be fun so <laughs> forgot about that effect those are cool yeah, but uh so that would be perfect for it too so like at like when you're when they're dragging someone behind like you could like feel it go down the aisle and you would hear it like the wave like ah <laughs> so that'd be cool but um cool well you know i think uh you know tremors is is a classic um who do you know who directed the first tremors i no, i forget no. i wonder if they went on to do great things because uh the person that directed my next movie it he put out so many bangers but they were so low-key and like cult classics and, but eventually he became like the biggest movie director oh, that's right. in the world. So uh, I, I'm excited about this one. On this picturesque block, in this manicured home, something evil, something terrifying, something horrifying is haunting life. His mother. I thought I told you to spray this house. The place is infested with bourbon. Although she was a little strict. Look at this dust. It's an inch thick. He never wished her any harm. You All right, Preston. Dead Alive is probably one of the best movies that has ever come out. In New Zealand, it's it's known as Brain Dead, but uh, it is not only a great film. But it has one of the movie rental um, cover art boxes that sticks in your head for all time. Oh, my gosh. That is so – I mean, even if you've never seen the movie, you've seen that cover art mm-hmm. of the mouth opened up with the skeleton inside. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Peter Jackson was so – the movies that he made before he got big – I mean, it's hard to go because after he got big, he made The Hobbit. And King Kong, I guess. King Kong was still good. He made Lord of the Rings. Well, I know, but that was when he got big. After he got big. Oh, yeah. Like, The Hobbit is such a down point in his career. Like, (laughs) and it just kind of taints everything that came before it to a point. But, oh, God. So, this movie, if you haven't seen it, it's hard to believe because um, it's so amazing. So, uh, there's this, like, it starts off, like, on this, like, island uh, in the middle of nowhere. And, um, gosh, you start getting, like, these, like, uh was it cannibal um what was that cannibal movie cannibal 
not cannibal holocaust but yeah it, there's cannibal it, holocaust and like you start getting those feels because it's like in the middle of nowhere with like all these natives and stuff but it's about these rat monkeys uh-huh. and they get imported into new zealand one gets loose fights this guy's grandmother and and just zombie grossness ensues this film is so gross it, it was like touted as like one of the goriest films of all time mm-hmm. like there's a part where she starts turning the grandmother starts turning into like the undead and like they're eating like custard and like her like skin is like drooping into the custard while they're uh. eating it and stuff oh it's so so gross but then you have huge comedic parts like there's a priest in it and he's like he like jumps out in this graveyard at some point he's like i kick ass for the lord and he's like doing like roundhouse kicks and like knocking zombies heads off and stuff this film has it all president <laughs> i honestly brian I'm ashamed to admit I have not seen this oh movie. Oh, my God. Well, it's on my Plex server. you got to check it out. <laughs> Everything's on your Plex server. i got to check it out. Uh, yeah, so I, not to drive away from Dead of Life, uh-huh. we'll, we'll come back to that, but, um, you know, I, I forget what his transition movie was mm. from New Zealand film industry to Hollywood, but in between Dead Alive uh-huh. and I know there was Heavenly Creatures. Was that one? Oh, I don't know that one. Um, and then there was... Uh, one of my favorite movies before Lord of the Rings, uh-huh. there was The Frighteners. Yes, yeah. Michael J. Fox, and um, it was about a, a paranormal, a, a guy who could talk to the dead, um, but he was kind of shady. And he was a scam artist. Yeah, scam artist, um, until suddenly something happens. He has to save the, save the city. Yep. But it's a horror comedy, too. Like, that's just such a sweet a sweet vibe. It's hard to do to toe that line. Mm-hmm. And Peter Jackson did it really, really well. Yeah. And you know, he didn't, it sounds like he only did horror comedies, but really he didn't because there was in, in between those films, there was a, another amazing movie called meet the feebles mm-hmm. where, um, have you ever seen that? Is it like meet the Deedles? No, meet the feebles <laughs> I know, is, I, I know it is the Muppet show. <laughs> so this is how Elijah Wood describes it. It's the Muppet show on LSD. <laughs> it is, it is insane, but it it is like full puppets. Everybody's a puppet and there are analogs to Kermit and piggy and stuff like that with, with the cast. But there's like, you know, like a Vietnam vet that's like, keeps having flashbacks and then just like, the star of the show is like addicted to drugs because of, of stardom and stuff. It, it is an amazing show. You should watch that movie. It is also on my Plex server. Um, that was, I think that movie was the first movie that really got me into Peter Jackson because I had rented it from a movie gallery. And then it was one of those situations where I just kept it. Like I took it around to so many people's houses. I was like, you have to watch this movie with oh, me. Man, this I movie is amazing. That. And, and so I, I forced a bunch of people to watch it. I would take it to other States. Like I would go visit my sister and be like, I brought this movie and we were watching it. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's cool that you brought up the frighteners because that is another movie that I think of when you think of movie rental places, right? Mm-hmm. The cover of that is also like white cover, but like a, evil face poking through kind of like and i think it was lenticular right yeah. if you uh-huh. moved you kind of it kind of popped out at you and um it's neat to watch that movie because the ghost um effects they use in that film are the same ghost effects that they used in lord of the rings for the army of the dead and so like the, like the way that he made them glow and stuff like you can watch that movie and go oh okay that's where he got this that from for for lord of the rings so uh, but yeah, dude, dead or alive, uh, or not right. dead or alive, dead alive. Is, so what's is the what's the gimmick? All right, so because the cast of this movie is so strong, um, I think it would be easy for you to have a um, have a cast ensemble perform the different like different scenes. Not the whole movie, you know, but like when when there's a part where someone comes out, uh, they're using a lawnmower as a weapon in order to like mow down zombies, and it's it's with like 
also the priest is in that part and stuff like that. But you could have like the priest like doing like back handsprings down the aisles and like kicking people <laughs> and stuff. And like I, I think that you could just have that ensemble cast uh, come in for like the live performance and 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 mixed in with the the movie performance as well. So I would. <laughs> Having never seen the movie, if you told me there was going to be a back-flipping priest coming down the aisle, I, my butt would be in that seat. So yeah, see? I would, I would go enjoy that. Fathom, call me. I, I've got, <laughs> got the ideas. Good ideas. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, we didn't know each other's list going into tonight. Uh, we didn't plan on horror comedy. <laughs> but the next one is also a horror comedy. So hope you like this one. All Tom Hanks wanted was a quiet vacation at home. This is what I need, Carol. I, I need this. Welcome to Mayfield Place. A typical street in the burbs. Morning, Walter! Where nothing much ever happened. Walter's dog just took a dump on Rumsfield's lawn again. Until the Clopex moved in. Clopex? Clopex. Clopex. No one goes in. No one comes out. Neighbors from hell. It was a nice place to live. He said he thinks the Clopex are evil incarnate. Well, you're much too smart to fall for that, aren't you, honey? But now... Carol! You wouldn't want to visit there. Ray, this is Walter. No! All right, hands down, one of my favorite movies of all time. This is a little cheating because I would pay money to see this in the theater every year. Uh, <laughs> but I know there are other people out there that would do that too. This still fits in my frame of it's not, this is not going to get a Criterion collection. Mm -hmm. It did get a Shout Select release. I have that one, uh, the Blu-ray. But it's it's not... It will, it will probably never get picked by Fathom events for an anniversary thing. But there are so many people that love the Burbs, and I think it's just grown and grown um, year after year as far as people that discover it, mm -hmm. that appreciate uh, the humor of Joe Dante's uh, awesome, awesome horror comedy. Of course, the inimitable Tom Hanks mm -hmm. um, in his pre-Oscar winning days. <laughs> so he He, too made some amazing decisions before he got huge mm -hmm. in the films that he was in. Yeah. So. Yeah, kudos for that guy. Uh, if you're not familiar with the movie, if you didn't get it from just a little bit of the trailer, basically, life in suburbia seems great until the wrong neighbors move in who may or may not be murderous body snatchers. <laughs> um, hijinks ensue with the suspecting neighbors, the spying and watchful eye of uh, that you can only find in the HOAs <laughs> of suburbia. And it's just, it's great. It's got Corey Feldman. It's got um, uh, Carrie Fisher. It's got Henry Gibson. So many, so many great actors and actresses. And it's a great ensemble comedy. So check it out if you haven't. But I thought, you know, even before you started mentioning your audience participation stuff, because mm -hmm. like I said, we didn't talk before we came here tonight. Um, I was like, The Burbs, now it's not a musical, but this should get the Rocky Horror treatment. Like, the dedicated fans should come up with some ideas that can be replicated every single show. So I have a few ideas here. If you're familiar with the movie, uh, maybe these will stick out for you. But, uh, you know, some minor ones ripping off from uh, Rocky Horror. There's a big rain scene where there's you know, a guy digging in the backyard and mm -hmm. it's rainy. 
So pull out the squirt gun, start shooting up in the air, get everybody that 4D experience of it's raining right now. Um, there is a, uh, there's a, t a part where uh, they're, they push the doorbell and they're hesitant to come up to the house anyway, but they finally get the nerve and, and they ring the doorbell on the creepy neighbor's house. And as they do, something falls over, knocks open in a hole in the house, and there's a swarm of bees. Mm -hmm. All right. You got a Ziploc bag full of, of bees. Just, <laughs> no, just full of little balls of paper, like not spit wads, but uh -huh. like before it would be a spit wad, right. just little balls of paper. And you can just throw those about. People feel like there's little bugs on them. Mm -hmm. Bees are swarming. That would be fun. And people get to throw stuff. People love throwing stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's that. Uh, you know, in the in the trailer that we just saw, there was the I iconic part where he goes, Ray, this is Walter. And they hold up the the bone. And then they, <laughs> Tom Hanks just screams his funny, iconic scream. And that would be just be great for everybody to let loose, get their screams out, jump around, do like three circles. Uh -huh. You know, there could be some choreography or something <laughs> that people have to do. Um, and then uh, lastly, for my ideas is <laughs> Corey Felton is the annoying teenager next door. Mm -hmm. And he's like a surfer guy kind of attitude. And there's he's always like, oh, hey, guys, I'm going to order pizza. Pizza dudes here. Pizza guy. Um, everybody needs Look, all of your supplies for the night mm -hmm. could come in a cardboard pizza box. So mm -hmm. You just pack your pizza box full of all your other stuff, your little uh, your bee paper pellets, um, maybe a fake wig, all this kind of stuff. And then every time someone says, pizza dude, <laughs> you toss your pizza, empty pizza box up in the air. And then when it happens again, you just pick up the closest one and toss it again. And pizza boxes are flying left and right. It would be a hoot. Um, I, I would definitely, like I said, go see it anyway. Mm -hmm. But if you add some audience participation to it, I would be there in a heartbeat. Did you have any ideas for that one, Brian? For the Burbs, I did not have any uh, of my own ideas. It's been a very long time since I've seen it. But I do didn't think. Didn't I make you watch it like a couple years ago? I don't think so. Because um, it's like my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. I have the poster and everything. I've, yes, you do. I've definitely seen it. Um, it's funny because Joe, only Joe Dante, and it's funny that he, we have brought him up multiple times because we didn't talk about Gremlins too. Oh, that's right. Um, but that matinee, matinee, well, I said that weird matinee, matinee <laughs> was also a Joe Dante film. Um, oh, right. And, and so, like, he was so good at at doing like the horror comedy, and this movie should not work as well as it does because that concept to me is a kid's concept, right? Mm. It's usually like the kids think the neighbor's strange. And like, that's like the whole, right. Especially, well, I guess not now, but the past several years that has been a big thing with like hello neighbor and stuff like that. You know, it's like the creepy neighbor and it's like a kid thing, but only Joe Dante can spin that tale into being something for adults. Well, you know, you said you haven't seen it in a while. Yeah. And, uh, the, so I'll remind you when I first saw it, I think I might have seen it in the theater uh -huh. or right when it came to video. I didn't get it, right? I didn't I it wasn't funny to me. Right. And then something happened. I, I don't know if it showed on TV or if, you know, someone picked it out as a rental uh in a 5 for 5 deal or something, but sometime after it came out when I was still young, maybe 12, 13, mm. I saw it again and it clicked and it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. I I laughed my butt off. And uh 
I don't know what appealed to me as a kid, but it's funny because as I've grown older and be, have become a homeowner mm-hmm. and I'm in a homeowner's association and you've got, you know, you walk around the neighborhood and you've got these characters, it appeals differently as an adult. Right. Because you, cause you can, it's not the, oh, I don't want to go in their yard to get my ball because of the scary mean neighbor, mm-hmm. you know, like kids identify. It's, it's the, the snooping and the rumors and the supposition and stuff like that of these nosy neighbors that you're like, oh, this is, I know people like this. Right. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. So yeah, no, the, it, it is, it is a good movie. Um, and I like, I like your ideas for, um, for the audience participation, that kind of thing. Um, but I will say my next movie has a King in it and it is something that is going to be hard to beat. So <laughs> comes from a place beyond the stars to take them to a world beyond their dreams from his soul comes the music from his heart comes the beat now from the imagination of Michael Jackson comes a movie like no other. And ladies and gentlemen, we would we were not going to get a copyright strike until that movie. So, <laughs> but it was worth it, man. Michael Jackson's Moonwalker was, when I was a kid, who wasn't during the time, the biggest Michael Jackson fan, right? It didn't matter that this movie was so nonsensical for the majority of it that it had Michael Jackson and it was just a way to basically celebrate his music. Yeah. In what weird and wacky ways. I, I wish I had this, uh, this handy, but I didn't know you were doing this movie tonight. Um, Oh, and congratulations, by the way, for not doing a horror comedy. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. There is some uh, horror in this. We film. broke, we, we broke the mold. Um, no, somebody on social media on Twitter or something had tweeted something about some other celebrity and comparing them to Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. And people were just like, no, like th- th- totally different caliber of uh, of celebrity. Like if you weren't in if you weren't alive in the late 80s and early 90s, mm-hmm. you have no bearing for how insanely popular Michael Jackson was as a celebrity. I it will probably never be replicated as far as worldwide popularity mm-hmm. and infatuation um and recognition. Now, I've seen some things <laughs> in modern times that uh-huh. I'm like, Michael Jackson, <laughs> I don't know. But there is no denying that at the time. Yes. It was uh an amazing spectacle. Yeah, I I had a guy that worked for me that said he compared Michael Jackson and said that, um, oh, God, it's a pop star. He has face tattoos. Post Malone? Yes. He said Post Malone is the modern-day Michael Jackson. And I said, dude, you have lost your mind. I said, A, I don't even know who Post Malone is. <laughs> <laughs> I said, so there's no way he's like Michael Jackson because everybody knew yeah, who Michael Jackson was. Yeah, my grandmother knew who Michael yeah, Jackson was. And so, like, and I have since come to learn who Post Malone is. 
I still agree that he is not the modern no, day Michael Jackson. No way. So the, the annoying thing was, is there was other people in the store, and I said, "Let me ask you a question. Do you think Post Malone is the mo- modern day Michael Jackson? And it was a mother and her child. And the child went, "Oh yeah." And then, the, and then I was like, "I don't like." I didn't say it. But <laughs> Never I was like, mind. I don't no. Care. I don't care about your opinion because you're a child, mother. What do you think? But she also said, mm, "I could see it." And I was like, "You people have lost your mind. There's no way." <laughs> yeah, it's like saying Macklemore is. <laughs> yeah, Michael yeah. Jackson. It was the king of pop. He was so popular. He had giant statues made of himself and put them in different countries. Uh-huh. Like crazy he he had a pet chimpanzee and people were just like well that makes sense i know and And, got away with it what and he had two video games one arcade one sega genesis and he had the chimpanzee that gave him the power up to turn into a giant robot in both of them (laughs) so um but this film was crazy because uh it shouldn't have been made other than the fact that it just had michael jackson's name on it Mm -hmm. and michael jackson had a lot of say in what happened in this movie and half of it is is really just a collection of short films that Michael Jackson made to like, I mean, he didn't make them, but he had a lot of input in them, but it shows his rise to fame from being a child. And the way he spun it was, this is how people see me. Like he wasn't like, he wasn't like, this is, this is how I was, or this, you know, there wasn't like that, like documentary style or anything. It was, uh, these are how people have reacted to me my, my entire life. And so there's like, just like montages of like, um, you know, Jackson five music with like pictures of him as a child. And then like, there's a part where they're shooting a music video and it turns into claymation and he turns into a rabbit and he's running from all these fans and stuff. And it's crazy. But then you also have a short movie where there are these kids that Joe Pesci is, is kidnapping (laughs) Uh and getting them addicted to drugs. And then he turns into a robot and saves them and then turns into a car and flies away. It is it is so off the wall bonkers. Very surreal. It also is a shame because due to licensing issues, this film has not had a US release um on Blu-ray or anything like that. I I do have there is a region free European release. And I guess the licensing doesn't matter over there or whatever. Um, so, but it'll work on, on our players. So I have the European version cause I bought it for my kids. I was like, they have to see this. Like Michael Jackson, I was like, I, I lied to my friends when I was a kid. I had the thriller album and said, Michael Jackson, I know him. He signed this for me cause his name was signed <laughs> on the front. And so, um, so it was such a big part of my life as a kid. And I was like, you guys have to see it. And, and I was happy that they enjoyed the film too. Like my youngest daughter has watched it multiple times. So I've got it on VHS, man. So I've got the original <laughs> release, uh, but you know, you, this is the first one you picked that kind of makes sense in that Rocky Horror vein that you were talking about mm-hmm. because it's got that music element. Mm-hmm. I was hard-pressed to find, you know, like other than Labyrinth, mm-hmm. right, where they have songs and things, it's hard-pressed to find m- movies that have that added element of unique to that movie songs. Right. Um, but then you've got the fantastical different styles of filmmaking, uh the different stories, the segments. Yeah, you could do a lot with that. Did mm-hmm. you have any particular ideas? So aside from just like the sing-alongs with all those, because a lot of his, a lot of the music videos that came out around this time from like Smooth Criminal and stuff like that, they were all from this movie, right? Um, but there's a big tarantula undertone in this film because Joe Pesci is like, 
I don't remember. I don't remember what the name of his organization is, but it's something. It's something like tarantula or something like that. But there's always like tarantulas crawling all over things, and so you could drop tarantulas from the ceiling, oh, and, and like not real ones, but like, and it would freak everybody out. The thing would be great. Yeah, I. <laughs> that would give folks a heart attack. <laughs> Spiders for sure. And then you could have like a Michael Jackson like lookalike like doing doing stuff too. I think oh, be fun. totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, I man, I think I played that movie. I, I played the VHS tape in the background while I was doing something in my shop mm. uh, in my in my workshop like a year and a half ago but as far as like sit down watch Michael Jackson Moonwalker uh, it has been a long time so I might I might check it out um, but I might not yeah. <laughs> I, you know and both both of those games are also extremely good like I, when I remember when I was a kid the arcade game I loved it uh. and then when the Genesis game came out uh, it was very different from like it still had the same stages, but it was a different style of game. But they were both like amazing games. So, yeah. well, if, if you if you have the theater, maybe you could get some arcade collectors mm-hmm. to to bring out the arcade games as well and make it more of like an immersive experience. So before you see the movie, you can play the game. Mm-hmm. You can be in it. That'd be yeah. amazing. Oh gosh, I, I I love Michael Jackson Moonwalker. It's it's a great thing. So yeah. yeah. Well, I you know the King of Pop. Uh, th- certainly deserves a footnote in history and i'm glad we got a little footnote of history on our show Mm -hmm. um but i think that's all of our collection of movies for the evening for the show but i know that there are so many more out there and i would love to hear your ideas for what should hit the big screen or what you're planning to go see anyway like i said there's some great ones coming up on the horizon but uh, let us know what you think about our picks mm-hmm. and if you have any other ideas for gimmicks that we can share on the air that would be really cool um, hey Brian where can people find you you can find me on Twitter at B.E. Grantham and you can find the show at Wayback underscore attack uh, what about you Preston hey man I'm on Twitter as well at at squared stiff uh, there on Instagram and you can hit us up through email to get us those messages to get us those suggestions or show ideas uh, we're waybackattackshow at gmail.com. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button, ring that bell, and uh, we hope we can get you to, to stick around and, and enjoy some more episodes down the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I like to think, you know, we do a lot of stuff with the movies, and um, I would like to think that someone at Fathom is going to see or hear this episode and then that they are going to start doing uh, some of these ideas that we have. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, man. If It's gold, baby. Gold. Yes. If you were able to set up that uh, month-long audience participation thing, that's butts and seats for a month. Movie yeah. theaters would love it. They would. Uh, we need to get the audience back in the seats, eating that popcorn, and having a great time, just like we did tonight. So thanks for checking us out. <laughs>